This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. The first degree. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life. So we're all like, no, I think he's like trying to tell us something. Finally, like after trying to figure this out, someone was like, guys, I think that's Swiss cheese. Welcome to The First Degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. My name is Jack Fanick, and I'm sitting far away from Alexis Linkletter and Billy Jensen. And you know what? I'm very excited to get into this episode because it is a new type of an episode for us. So let's jump right in. But before we do, we need to know, what day is it, Billy? Today is February 3rd, and it's Elmo's birthday. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mm, Billy, puppet's birthday. You know what? Elmo, let me tell you something. I Initially, I did not like Elmo. I just thought he was a red Grover, and I'm a big Grover fan, but it is Elmo's birthday. I think Elmo is a great guy. Is he? Happy birthday, Elmo. Yes. It's also National Carrot Cake Day. Love carrot cake. You do? I am not a carrot cake fan. I am with some like cream cheese icing. Mm. Kind of tastes like dirt. No, I love it. Then you haven't had a good good carrot cake. Carrot cake's delicious. I don't think I've had a carrot cake that didn't come in a little plastic box. So you need like a good carrot cake, like a forty dollar carrot cake, and then you it'll you'll mm. change your whole life. We'll but see. I want to go back Billy, to Elmo there is for a, a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we we glazed right over that, and uh, I'm not ready. So every time I hear Elmo, I just hear this is the song la 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 Elmo song la mm-hmm. la la la. La 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 Elmo song. And I'm just like, whoa, okay. And it brings me right back to my childhood where that was the most riveting song I'd ever heard. I mean, it's not a terrible song. Right? It's not. And it will be stuck in my head. So now screw you for doing this to me. And it'll be stuck in all of our listeners' heads too. Yep. Billy, there are so many good days right now. There's doggy date night. (laughs) Doggy date night. Take your dog on a date. We would like to take your dog on a date, which sounds wonderful. Um, International Golden Retriever Day. Yes, oh, that's the one my. I was trying to get you to fucking say. Goodness, I can't believe you put, said that third, considering me and Jared, who's going to be editing this, literally we bond probably several times a day sending each other Golden Retriever content because it's all we want in this life. 
I, you know, do, he's trying to convince me one day when we do get a dog to get a golden retriever and it's never going to happen, but he won't, he won't stop the fight. And, you Why know, can't I you really, guys get two dogs because we're only going to get one dog and it's definitely going to be a French bulldog, but it'll be lonely. Maybe, Why wouldn't you want it to have a friend when you guys aren't home? Maybe one day, but just mm, first we got to, sounds like, sounds like Jared's getting a golden. <laughs> sounds like he's not <laughs> two French bulldogs for us. No. Isn't it? Isn't there another? Isn't it cruise ship day or something, Billy? It's it's cruise ship. Yes, it's it's take a cruise day. R.I.P. Dude, really want to do that? Yeah, it's also the day the music died too. Like bye bye Miss American Pie. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I was thinking there's no. It's not like there's a date in that song, yeah, is there? Well, no, there is actually because the song was initially the the catalyst for the song was the plane crash that killed Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens, and and the pilot. And that was February 3rd. Oh, wow. Wow. I did not know that that's what that song was about. That's interesting. All right. Well, are there any other good days that we're missing, Billy, or did you hit them all? That's pretty much it. World Read Aloud Day, which is basically, you know. What we're doing. What we're doing. A podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, then that's enough of that. So let's turn down the lights. And turn up your anxiety. Because this could be you. There are some cases in true crime that defy the pale of imagination. Cases that stick out in our minds, not because of the gruesome aspects of the case, but rather the perplexing ones. Some cases have variables of absurdity and lunacy. And just when we want to laugh at them, we pause because violating individuals in any way isn't laughing matter. Inflicting trauma, hurt, or fear on unsuspecting victims should be condemned always. But after all, We don't know how it feels to be connected to one of these stories, not to mention we never really know how dangerous a criminal could be and why their behavior could escalate to extreme violence. So even in cases like today's, where there's perceived lightheartedness, always remember this, this could be you. So today's case takes us back to January of 2014. Songs Monster by Eminem and Rihanna and Timber by Pitbull and Kesha were topping the charts. Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, and Justice League were in theaters. And a little bit of true crime trivia for you. During the first week of January of 2014, serial killer Tommy Lynn Sells was executed at Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville for the murder of nine-year-old Mary Perez. And police believe he was responsible for 22 murders total. And it's crazy. I've never heard of him. The setting for today's case is the greater Philadelphia area. And Philly is known for the Liberty Bell, Rocky, football fans who throw snowballs at Santa Claus, and of course, Philly cheesesteaks. And believe it or not, today's case began with the sweet, sweet, buttery sound of John Mayer's voice as the backdrop. This was about 2008. There was five of my friends, including me, and we had just seen a John Mayer concert. We were like, oh my gosh, this the best. I believe we were 15, 16, our, our friends at that time, because I knew we couldn't drive. And that's why our friend's mom had to pick us up. We're in like a SUV. And this man kind of drives up. He's in like a smaller compact car. And he's keeping really parallel to us on the right side of our car. And you know, like if someone drives past you, 
you know, they're not usually parallel for very long, right? So he's, like, making eye contact, and then he's hiding his face behind, like, where the two doors meet, you know, like that strip of metal right there. So he would hide his head behind there and then peek back and look at us. And so now we're all like, guys, like, what is this guy doing? Then he starts dangling something at the the window, and we're all like, oh, my gosh, I think he's trying to tell us something. But this man wasn't trying to tell them something. He was trying to show them something. So all of her eyes are, like, glued to the, the window. And my friend's mom's like, guys, like, don't look at him. Don't look at him. Just ignore him. So we're all like, no, I think he's, like, trying to tell us something. Nope. Wrong again. So finally, like, after trying to figure this out, someone was like, guys, I think that's Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. According to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, Swiss cheese is a hard cheese characterized by elastic texture, mild nut-like flavor, and large holes that form during ripening. So then we're all like, what the heck is going on? All of a sudden, this man slams on his brakes. He's swerving all over the highway. And we were all kind of getting freaked out. Like, is this guy have a gun on him? Is he going to try to run us off the road? I don't know what he's doing. And then he comes parallel on our left side. And now the light's on in the car. And everyone just starts screaming. Because I was, like, in the back seat in the middle. And so I was like, what's happening? You know, trying to, like, peek around my friends. And they're like, he's got his pants off. And then everyone just starts screaming even more. And so, like, my friend's mom just starts, like, speeding away. And then this guy starts to try to chase us. And if you're wondering what the hell is going on here, and you're thinking this all sounds batshit crazy, you're right, because it is. The whole time he's trying to make eye contact with us, he was masturbating. The chase happened for, like, several minutes, and then we lost him. He, like, kind of slowed down and stopped chasing us. Kelsey was a teenager at the time, and she didn't know what to make of what she just experienced. I was so innocent at that age that I was just kind of like, wow, what a weirdo. And I didn't realize how truly strange it was until I had matured and grown up a little bit. And now I'm like, wow, that guy is like genuinely really sick in the head. Like, why us? Like, why did he choose us? I definitely like told my parents and they were like, that's that's weird. Like, they didn't know what to say about it because like who who experiences this on a daily basis? Remember, Kelsey's encounter occurred in 2008. And while it was alarming and disturbing, the sharp shock of this memory slowly dulled and morphed into a morbidly entertaining story that she told at parties. But then, in 2014, she heard something from a friend of hers. And this friend had some shocking news. Years later, I had told a couple of people this story. I was at like this college party and my friend Duffy was like, hey, so you remember that one time that guy with the Swiss cheese. And I was like, yeah, like, can't forget my, my mind is scarred. He goes, his name is the Swiss cheese pervert. So like this guy is notorious for this. So while Kelsey had this singular personal experience with this Swiss cheese wielding sexual deviant, to her surprise, she wasn't the only one that had because the Swiss cheese pervert had gone mainstream. I honestly, in my brain, I was like, this is like an isolated incident. You know, no way in my head did I think that someone was like a serial 
cheese pervert. It, like, it just, it's so bizarre. The infamy of the Swiss cheese pervert began in a way that so much drama often does. With a Facebook post. It was the Mayfair Town Watch's Facebook page that had created this post. And it stated the following. Good morning, Mayfair. Please be aware of the Swiss cheese pervert exclamation point. This individual is driving around surrounding communities and exposes himself to women. He offers them money to watch him put Swiss cheese on his privates. He's white, heavyset male, 40 to 50 years old. He drives a newer model silver sedan. He was also spotted in a black newer model sedan. If you see this guy, don't confront him. Get his plate number and call 911 immediately. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. We have passed all this information to the 15th Precinct PD. So this post also included a grainy photo of a man sitting in a car with his pants down, extending his arm with a piece of cheese just like dangling from his hand. And one of the women the man had accosted from his car snapped this photo in a moment of opportunity. And obviously this is disturbing to say the least. And here's Kelsey. When I saw the picture, I was like, yes, that's him. And this was years later and I still remember what he looked like. Because it was just like, I don't know, that that moment was just burned into my brain. (laughs) Now I'm wondering, like, what sexualized cheese for this man? Was his first time with a sandwich or something? And he forever, like, sexualizes cheese now? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. All good questions, Kelsey. All good questions indeed. So back to this Facebook post. All this was shocking. But what always happens when a story goes public, people are going to comment. And there were comments on this post from women who had encountered this guy before. One said, this guy has been doing stuff like this for years. Another commented, he's been doing this online and at bars on Frankfurt Avenue. A few years ago, he walked up to a couple of friends of mine and asked them to help him with the cheese. Then he pulled down his pants. It was then revealed that the local police were actually opening up an investigation into this guy. And a special victims unit source told the media that the man in question that they were searching for appeared to have a quote-unquote major sexual cheese fetish. So if the special victims unit was looking into this Swiss cheese pervert dude, clearly, as funny as it sounds, this is not a laughing matter and very much something to be taken seriously. So I'm sure you're all asking the same questions that we had and that Kelsey had. How did cheese work its way into this pervert's sexual psyche? Why does he assault women this way with cheese? And yes, this is an assault even if he's not touching people, even if it's not how it's defined. You, you can't do this to women on the street when they're just trying to live their lives and barely getting by. It's just, it's just wrong. These are important questions because while tonally this may be perceived to be a lighter subject matter than we usually cover, The effects of crossing paths with a predator like this can have lasting effects on a victim. And as we've said several times now, there's always a chance this person could escalate. This thing can be extremely traumatizing to a person on the receiving end. So let's start this conversation by asking why we think he does this. So Kelsey, no offense to you, you're not a doctor at all, but she was there and she saw this happen with her own eyes. And few people can say that they've seen this. So we wanted to know, what did Kelsey think? Okay, so from the experience that I had, it seemed like having people watch him masturbate is what got him off. And I I think from, you know, from years of talking about it with, like, my friends, we think that the cheese part was just, like, a way to get our attention. Like, hey, you know, it's not just waving at me. 
it's like everyone waves, but who dangles with cheese? You know what I mean? So it like really got our gears turning and we're like, wow, like what is going on? And so then he, he knew he had our attention at that point. And that's when he took his pants off and then let us all see the show. Here we are trying to deconstruct this man's brain. And Kelsey is here offering a pragmatic, practical, possible explanation. Was this cheese and mechanism merely used to get the attention of his would-be victims? Maybe she's right, but we absolutely needed to know more. So we phoned a friend to get some true expert insight. So here is Paul Holes. And the irony is not lost on me that Swiss cheese, in fact, is full of holes. These exhibitionists, you know, this this is something that gets them sexually aroused. And, and technically, exhibitionism is a paraphilia. You know, it's an atypical uh, sexual act that uh, these guys, for whatever reason, have decided is something that turns them on. And so part of it is just the self-arousal that they experience by exposing themselves. And then part of it is the reaction they get from the woman that sees them doing this, you know, and that's just something that feeds into their, their fantasy life. And now, deconstructing the most glaring aspect of this perpetrator's M.O., the cheese. So there's fantasy there. So he, that is where he is. He's taking a look at, at this cheese, and he has, you know, it, it's bringing out an emotional and probably a physical response when he correlates the texture of the cheese to the woman's body. You know, so that's that that's what that's where he is now sexualizing this cheese. And, you know, is it a certain brand of cheese? Is it a a certain type of cheese or is it any cheese? And that begs the question, how physically dangerous is this man and other predators like him? How possible or likely is escalation? Is he going to escalate from this to actual physical harm? I, you know, I guess the, you know, the number one question that I would have is, did he break into anybody's houses and do this? Typically, exhibitionists are not somebody that escalate to physical violence. Uh, they literally are hands off. You know, they expose themselves. They run off. The woman screams. She runs off, etc. And don't generally see them escalate to violence. Um, but when you have an offender who breaks into somebody's house to expose himself, let's say wakes them up, wakes a woman up in her bed and is standing there naked just to literally expose himself. That's the offender that I would say is more likely to escalate to some level of sexual violence or or physical violence on the victim. So what Paul is saying is some information that's really good to know. So men who do what the Swiss cheese pervert is doing, they generally don't escalate to violence. But however, there are certain variables that when added to exhibitionism could mean that the perpetrator could escalate to violence. The example Paul just gave would be if a perpetrator like this was breaking into somebody's home to expose themselves to their victim. It's morbidly fascinating for sure. We asked Paul to elaborate. If they're breaking into houses when people are inside, they've taken that next step. And that's the type of offender. And that's D'Angelo. He was a peeping Tom. And then he ended up as Visalia Ransacker becoming a fetish Berg. 
And then he escalates to going hands-on with his victims. And so that's that critical thing is when you start to invade into somebody else's space to carry out your sexual fantasies, it's just one step removed from actually inflicting a level of violence on a person. Well, thank you for that incredible insight, Paul. But back to our particular cheese pervert. So the women of Philly were on the lookout for this guy, and they were obviously terrified that they'd cross paths with him. As the word spread of the characteristics of this predator, more women came forward with even more stories. And remember, as we know from Kelsey, who encountered him in 2008, this man had been at this for several years before he had this public persona. And eventually a 20-year-old named Gabby Chess came forward, and she lived in a nearby city called Bridesburg. She said that she recognized the behavior of this cheesemongering pervert instantly. Gabby had a story from two years prior. In July of 2012, she had just broken up with her boyfriend and she joined the dating site Plenty of Fish. And only days after her profile was made, she received this bizarre message from a bizarre man. And she said, quote, He said he was looking for someone to perform masturbation on him with cheese. He kept saying how strong his urges were and how desperate he was to find someone to help him with them. The Daily News actually printed an excerpt from this message that Gabby received on Plenty of Fish, in which this man attempted to put his fetish into words. He wrote, quote, I started to compare girls to cheese due to their milky complexions. Girls are soft, smooth feeling, and tend to like dairy products more. That, in typical advertising, always using a girl to advertise dairy products, so cheese is what I started to use as a replacement for having sex with girls. Gabby recognized the picture of the man when Mayfair Town Watch posted his photo on Facebook as grainy as it was. She knew instantly that this was the same guy from Plenty of Fish. Okay, so it comes as no surprise that I have absolutely no idea how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. It's not really my thing. But when I tried Factor meals, it was a freaking game changer. So Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried Factor meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree50 and use code degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. 
It's almost summer, and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on TheRealReal.com. TheRealReal is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. So as word of this Swiss cheese pervert circulated through Philly and beyond, even more people came forward with stories of encounters with this cheese-obsessed sexual harasser. And as grainy as the photo was of this masturbating man, tips and leads to identify him started to come in. And among those tips, the police kept hearing the same name, Christopher Pagano of Norristown, Pennsylvania. So who is this Christopher Pagano? Well, we know he's 41 years old. He's married. But at this point, the police don't know much else. But local reporters needed to know more, so naturally they confronted him at his home. When they knocked on his door, Pagano answered. He was shirtless, and he staunchly denied being the Swiss cheese pervert. He said, quote, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes people confuse me with somebody else. Mm, Yes, yes, convenient. So we're not buying it, and this is why. As it turns out, Chris Pagano had two suspicious infractions on his record, which bolstered the possibility that he was, in fact, the Swiss cheese pervert. So in 2006, Pagano was arrested in Norristown, Pennsylvania, and he was charged with soliciting a sex worker and disorderly conduct. He pled guilty to disorderly conduct, and the solicitation charge was dismissed. And then in 2009, Pagano was arrested again, and this was in Norristown, and he was charged again with soliciting a sex worker and also disorderly conduct. And obviously, his strategy worked the first time, so again, he pled guilty to disorderly conduct, and again, the solicitation charge was dismissed. Right, and here's the rundown on what exactly occurred during this incident in 2009. So Chris Pagano approached a woman from behind as she was walking home from a store on February 10th of 2009 at 12.30 a.m. Okay, it's late at night. Someone's walking alone in the dark. All right, so put yourself there. He got this woman's attention and basically propositioned her to have sexual contact with him. Once he said whatever propositioning language he was going to say, Pagano then removed a large block of cheese from his pocket and told this woman that he would pay her $20 to rub the Swiss cheese on his penis. So Norristown police officer Terrence Seligman, Seligman, I'm not going to cut this out. That's a hard name. I'm leaning into that. Alleged in 2009, this arrest affidavit, that the woman became alarmed and fled on foot towards her residence. When this woman made her report, she described Pagano as white, balding and weighing over 300 pounds. So what we really want to know here, and I'm sure all of you guys are wondering this same thing, what is he getting out of this? What drives this urge to cheese proposition people sexually? So 
of course, who else is going to weigh in other than Paul Holes? So I was reading an article on on this uh, this guy and Pagano uh, in a, in a police report. Uh, a, a citation was issued to Pagano after he did one of these these episodes, and he asked the woman that uh, he he tells the woman, "I have a fetish when a girl sucks cheese off my dick. Will you do it?" That's very interesting to me because, you know, he is now introducing an object, the cheese, and technically that is a fetish. If he is sexually turned on by an object, then that is by definition a fetish. It's just like uh, uh, men having uh, being sexually aroused by women's lingerie is uh, is actually the most common fetish. And so he's kind of combining, he's got this fetish of the use of the cheese in the sex act, in addition to the paraphilia of he's putting the cheese, you know, on his penis and then interacting with this woman. Uh, so why the cheese? You know, it, was there a an episode earlier in his life involving cheese that he then ultimately sexualized? Uh, did he have a fantasy, you know, related to food and, and sexual activity, only he can answer that. It, it, it is very unusual. Okay, so Paul, we need him to elaborate a little bit more. What is Pagano really getting out of this behavior? Well, you know, a, a paraphilia, you know, like exhibitionism, is generally a sexual arousal aspect. Now, if, if and again, this is going to be very personal and, and differs from offender to offender. Uh, some offenders, the sexual arousal of just exposing themselves is what gets them off. For some offenders, it is that attention that they get. They have a woman that probably wouldn't even notice them in normal life, but now they force this woman to look at them, and they get off on the fact that they have controlled that woman from afar by doing this act, and that is something that they enjoy. That's a, that's a level of, of a power grab. Um, so there is a, a type of offender who's an exhibitionist that is doing it for power control, but a lot of these guys, it really is truly sexual arousal. You know, that's what they get off on. So we know Christopher Pagano was doing these things at least as early as 2006, and Lord knows how many women he exposed himself to and terrified within that time period. But we can assume that it's probably a lot. The Swiss cheese pervert was arrested in January of 2014 for his most recent crimes, which were in connection with three incidents. And he was charged with stalking, indecent exposure, and harassment. And once Pagano was arrested, his internet notoriety began. Everyone was enthralled with his strange MO when it came to exposing himself to unsuspecting women. And this is probably a surprise to no one. But after his arrest, a fourth victim came forward. So for all the crimes that he was facing, Pagano ultimately took a plea deal. He pled to only two of the charges as part of this deal with the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office. The charges that he did cop to were indecent exposure and harassment charges. And for all of this, everything that he has done, he was sentenced to eight years probation. And he was also ordered to attend sex offender counseling. So we really have to ask ourselves, is this enough of a punishment for what this guy did? So I struggle with this because... 
when he's arrested in 2014, they already know he's done this in 2006 and 2009. Now we have four victims at this point in 2014, new victims separate from the 2006 and 2009 incidents. We also heard from Kelsey that he did this to her in 2008. So I struggled to get myself in the head of law enforcement where they think this is just cool. Like he's going to keep going. Like where is the, the deterrent here? Yeah. Well, it's like he obviously just, I think it's one of those situations too, where he kind of just thinks he can get away with shit. So might as well just keep on trucking, doing the thing that I do because he's not really getting much of a repercussion for any of his actions. So why would he stop? Yeah. And this is the third time. So they're giving him eight years probation. All right. You can't do any of this for eight years. Yeah, right. And you're going to attend sex offender counseling. They know he's going to do it again. Yeah. And then it's just, it's one of those things in retrospect too, that, you know, if he did escalate it, the glaring signs are like all over the place. You know, if you look back and then he did end up, you know, really sexually assaulting women and breaking in and possibly killing somebody, you know, worst case scenario, then you would look and you'd be like, oh, obviously this freak started off doing this. And it, you know, it's just, it's all in retrospect. Yeah, I struggle with this because in those cases that we have seen where people have escalated to violence and you see over and over that the system had a chance yeah, to, to punish them. him that they didn't take. And it's only you only look closely at those cases where the unthinkable did happen later. Yeah. And it's like, does he need to escalate to something bigger in order to get an adequate punishment? Why don't you see the pattern that is emerging and do something preemptively. It's it's very frustrating because it's, of course, his all of his victims are women. Oh, of course. So following Pagano's plea, there was not a ton of reporting about him in the years that followed. In fact, I could find almost nothing. I will say I didn't spend a shit ton of time on this, but I did do tons of internet searches using every trick in my book. Very little between 2014 and 2019. So he was either just laying low, uh, internet interest in him waned, who knows? But here's the thing. We do hear a blip of something in May of 2018 when he violates his probation, when he approached a woman and propositioned her. I have a fetish when a girl sucks cheese off my dick. Will you do it? Okay. So four years after his two pleas he had to do for these cases, and he has not learned his lesson. He did this just probably off the cuff. Uh, he couldn't control himself. So the slap on the wrist he received didn't do anything because he just felt empowered on a whim to do it again when the mood struck him. So if you're already disgusted with this guy, maybe you're maybe you're sympathetic. Maybe you're thinking, oh, he's sick. He's whatever. No, no. He's a fucking asshole. So the reporting that details all of this occurred in 2019 when he actually was going to court about it. And he actually spoke to a reporter after the hearing. And this is a direct quote. He said, being a jackass and doing inappropriate behavior is not criminal. With the whole thing in the car, my genitals were partially covered by the cheese. But when the media got a hold of it and turned it into what they turned it into, the police had to react harshly. I, I didn't want to hurt anyone. Okay. So there's no remorse here. There's no, there's no accountability. Um, he's making excuses. He's delusional and not well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, cause I want to remind everyone, Kelsey was a minor. She was 15 when this happened to her and he completely neglects t- 
to have any responsibility for the depravity of his actions. And in like, he has no, um, he doesn't have the capacity to understand how actions hurt others. You know what I mean? His responsibility to others as a human being and, and how, um, his, his total depraved like indifference is, is very striking to me. So here's Kelsey again on that. When you think of like uh, exposing yourself to, you know, underage kids, obviously that's like very serious. But then like the Swiss cheese part is just like the comical part of it. Like why? I hate to say the word fascinating because it's grossly fascinating. You know what I mean? There's just so many questions and it's not normal. There's a lot of like serial killers that have like, you know, their MO or whatever. And we've seen it time and time again. But with the cheese thing, it doesn't make sense to me. He should be out it because, I mean, he's a weirdo. In the same interview where Pagano denied his behavior was criminal, he then went as far as to say how his case was handled was a crime. And he said the following, I'm not denying that it happened. What I'm saying is how everything was handled is a crime, Pagano said. The police got involved after the media and the Mayfair Town Watch made a lot of noise about it. I consider that a civil rights violation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you are the oh, victim, yes. dude. <laughs> oh, you're the victim. And I think just there are real civil rights violations happening all the time. And this is not that, dude. And you know what? You're offensive. <laughs> People who actually need media attention about their civil rights violations. This hurts their cases. Like you are embarrassing. Well, and also it's like you would have never had any of this attention if you didn't expose yourself with a block of cheese to a million different women. Like you could have lived your life very quietly, but it's you're doing these actions and then now you're having some responsibility for them. And then you're complaining about it and making yourself the victim. Like sounds a little bit like a little psychopathic behavior, narcissism for sure. Yeah. Yeah, believe me, there's not that one person that, you know, went to law school, decided not to make the money, decided to become a civil rights lawyer, you know, just making 40 grand a year. And then this is the person that they want to defend their civil rights to. Dude, it ain't Yeah, Nobody is agreeing with you. So he's continuing in this bullshit letter and he says, quote, being a jackass and doing inappropriate behavior is not criminal. It's not appropriate at all, but it's not criminal. If you're drunk and say, hey, want to blow me? They could say, get the hell out of here. That happened. People thought it was funny. Being an asshole is not a crime. I mean, he's really trying to he's trying to push that phrase. Listen, when you're pissed at somebody and you say blow me, if your dick's out, that's a crime. If you say it in an office building and you're pissed about a deal, that's not a crime because you're not being literal. If your dick's yeah, out, you're with not a block literally cheese, you're fucking assaulting a person. It's super yeah, it's- like, this guy is so delusional. <laughs> yeah, very, very fucking delusional. Yeah, just like really full of himself and just he just loves what he's doing. Well, he's had to convince himself that he's the victim. And we see this all the time. But here's the thing. It's like, dude, I know you're embarrassed. So you have to try to take the offense. Like this is embarrassing. Imagine this is who you are. You're the Swiss cheese pervert because of what you've done. I mean, listen, you show your dick to children. You show your dick to children. That's who you are. Yeah. That's who you are. And you can't pretend you're just an asshole because you're also a fucking pervert. Like they said. And also, he didn't even get a, he didn't give himself this name, did he? It's not like he was doing like a a BTK thing. This is not a voluntary (laughs) moniker. No, somebody else gave you this name, dude, and it's going to stick with you because you fucking deserve it for being way more than an asshole. An asshole would be saying it very lightly. Pervert. 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 
Pervert. Okay, so after the pervert absolved himself from responsibility and trivialized his crimes, he attempted to explain his urges to Philly Voice reporter Brian Hickey. And pervert said that, quote, he addressed a social anxiety disorder that triggered a fight or flight response, sometimes triggered by talking to a woman. Okay. He went on to say that medication, therapy, and meditation helped him discover better impulse control. And he likened battling those urges to being a drug addict. He then said, quote, the reason I got over it is because I didn't want to hurt anyone. It's not a sex offender thing. It was an addiction. And appropriate behavior was my rush. But obviously, he hasn't gotten over this. And we have proof that he did this in 2018. So this guy is just a delusional piece of shit. And it really made us wonder, you know, why can't pervert Pagano stop doing this? Is it really like an addiction? And we don't know. So we asked Paul. Well, you know, that's interesting, you know, and that's that's one of those things where for many people, they say, well, this is just so, so weird, you know, that it must be something that he can just flip a switch. But for him, this exhibitionism as a paraphilia is his sexual attraction. And just like anybody with normal sexual attractions, you can't just flip the switch and turn it off. And so he is in that that mindset of this exposing himself with the cheese is what he needs to get off. And and it's not it's not a on and off switch. Um, and you know this would require psychological counseling, potentially some sort of medication intervention in order to try to pull him off of having this act of fantasy and actually acting on that fantasy. When Pagano was interviewed in 2019, he was asked what life was like now. Pagano told the Philly Voice that this Swiss cheese pervert business has had a monumental impact on his life. Quote, my mother supported me but I've been ostracized by other members of my family. I've lost job opportunities. I'm a person facing injustice because of how that story just blew up. He then said that he does have regrets because of how his family was impacted. My wife can't go anywhere without getting harassed about it. My daughter can't go anywhere without getting harassed about it. People think it's all a big joke, but it isn't. Our lives have been destroyed because of all the attention. When you're on my side of this, You see just how people set out to destroy other people's lives. It's just horrible. All I want to do is try to live my life within the confines of the law. But people always think about that nickname when they find out who I am. I hate this dude because literally no mention of the victims, no Mm -mm. mention of the potential trauma or fear. People who are afraid to go on walks, people who are afraid of penises. Like imagine if you're first, you've never seen a penis in your whole fucking life because you're a child. Oh my God. And the first time you see one is when a guy is holding up a piece of cheese and grunting at you saying, will you suck my dick? Will you suck cheese off my dick? Like, he's such a narcissistic fucker. And, like, the only reason he's even acting even slightly remorseful is because of his family and how probably the pain in the ass it is to him that his family are pissed. He probably doesn't even care about them. It's probably just... Oh, how it negatively affects me. I have to hear it all the time. Right. It's like, um, well, he's probably like, my wife comes home and complains because blah, blah, blah. And it's like all about you, dude. And again, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've said this five times in this episode, but it's like none of this would have happened if you didn't just fucking keep your dick in your pants and keep your cheese on a sandwich. Like, it's not that hard. No, he's trying to scare people. Like, that's that's the reality of your life, man. You you drive around and scare women who 
we have to deal with enough shit. And like, I'm not going on a feminist rant here, but like, you know what? Half the women you fucking harassed were probably on their fucking period and had cramps and had to go deal with a mean fucking boss and make less money than <laughs> than their counterparts. Like, we have to deal with enough shit. We don't need a creep As chasing a us around with a block of Swiss cheese sexually fucking menacing us. Yeah, dude. I, just, had a, I haven't gotten out in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of rage. I need a, I need a piece because of this, cheese. Because this kind of... I wouldn't hate him as much if he didn't defend himself. Yeah. If Again, if he wasn't trying to be the victim in everything. It's like these... Honestly, the way that that little statement is that he made sounds like statements that victims of murder victims' families make. Like that's the kind of a statement where it's like, oh my God, if you didn't know the context of it, you would feel such empathy and sympathy for these mm-hmm. people. But it's like, no, 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 no. You did this all to yourself. And then you're trying to like turn it around on everybody about how bad it's impacted your life. So nobody feels sorry for you. No, seriously, just honestly, be remorseful, change your name, move and go about your business. Yeah, and don't fucking do it again. Well, you know, we've talked about how this it's not as easy as it looks to not do it again. I mean, he's he's got a perverse paraphilic Mm -hmm. draw to this kind of behavior it's not as cut and dry. He's got to do a ton of fucking work to get it under control, whether that's therapy, whether it's medication, that's on him. He's not mm-hmm. doing it. He's not doing it adequately yet. Maybe he can. If it is just just a fetish, there are many avenues that you can go find on the internet that can help you satisfy that. Like that's not the craziest fetish that's out there. So, I mean, there are ways to healthy healthily, if that's a word, um you know, take take care of it without, you know, um, exposing yourself to minors on the street. And I want to be very clear. This is not kink shaming. Everybody's entitled to whatever kinks they're into. That's what I'm saying. But his, his victims are not consensual in this. And that's no. where I take issue. If two consenting partners are like, let's rub cheese on each other. Fucking cool. Kind of sounds Go, nice. <laughs> do it on National Cheese Day. Do your thing. We support support that whatever if two people are into it that's a different story than pulling up to a car full of minors after a john mayer concert and showing them your dick it's just insane and traumatizing everybody like that's the thing super clear like there's no kink shaming i think people different strokes different folks do what you want right but everyone's got to be on board and you can't accost women and children on the street He's definitely not this guy. I mean, no one wants to see that. Sorry, Pagano. Pervert Pagano. Yeah. Billy, anything? I got nothing. (laughs) All right. I can't can't follow that. It's hard to... I'm really amped today, so um, I understand Billy not Mm -hmm. wanting to because there's a lot to unpack here. But what I do want to say is this whole cheese thing, cheese and crime kind of go hand in hand. So when I was doing my research on this case, something popped up, a Vice article, in fact, and they actually reported on a story that involved police officers in Carlton, 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 it's Carlton, Carlton, whatever, guys. Okay. This is just like a a throwaway fact, sort of. So I wasn't going to do the research and like hear how to phonetically say this. So Carlton, Texas. 
they were investigating these crazy cases of vandalism because teens were realizing that if you put slices of cheese on cars, it actually ruins the paint. Oh, it's heavily processed cheese. So teens caught on to this trend in Tejas and they were doing it. So it was damaging these these cars and people were outraged. So this is a direct quote from this Vice article. They didn't know who was doing this. And it said, quote, without eyewitnesses or security footage or confession from a teenager, the Carrollton cops had to get their crime scene investigator to dust the cheese slices for fingerprints. And what did they get? Perfect, perfect prints mm. on these cheese slices. It turns out the oily aspect of the cheese, it's like a perfect environment to take a perfect carbon copy fingerprint. So they did. And on um, Carrollton, Texas Police Department's Instagram, they're very proud of this. They dusted this cheese and the fingerprint is clear as day. That being said, it's not clear whether arrests have been made. um, But for when they meet this perpetrator, when they do something else and their fingerprints go in their system, they will know who is putting cheese slices on the car. So my whole uh, moral of the story is they will find you if you leave cheese at the scene. <laughs> and this goes for you, Pagano. Don't keep this shit up. Don't like drop your block of cheese after you run after you proposition someone. They'll f- they'll know it's you. No one should they actually be prints. doing any crimes, and no one should fucking taint sweet, beautiful cheese in that way. Don't make them an unwilling accomplice to your deviance. No, don't. Yeah, don't make people have a bad connotation with cheese one of life's biggest pleasures, you know, in a pleasure that wasn't taken away in 2020. So it's, it's no. like something we're clinging to for joy. <laughs> we need to and protect cheese at all costs yeah. is what we're really lot, learning from this. A story. lot of things were taken away from us in 2020, but cheese was not one of them. And Piano, cheese is forever. The cheese PR people will be contacting you because they don't need this. No, no, definitely not. The Swiss cheese. It's hard enough for Swiss cheese as it, as it is. You know, they're never a favorite. They're never a favorite. It took a long time for people to accept the holes. And then Pagano just did this and threw them right back to square one. So tough life for, for the Swiss cheese people. All right, well... We're done. Thank you so much to Kelsey for being our first degree. And of course, Paul Holes for weighing in. We love when we can call a Paul. And if you have a story out there you would like to tell, obviously no story is too small. If you've heard something in one of the episodes, or maybe you just have thought about a really weird incident that you've had in your life that you think that we should talk about, please email us. Hello at the first degree podcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram at the first degree at Alexis Linkletter at Billy Jensen at Jack Vanek. Join our Facebook group, search the first degree in the search bar. You can also just write about your fun stories in there because we're always in there lurking and commenting and stick around because we have a very uh, fun cheese related killing time. Remember only you can prevent serial killers and keep your friends close, but, but not, not that, that close. close. Happy birthday, Elmo. Happy this Golden Retriever Day. Elmo song. Oh, happy Goldie Day. Bye. Shout out to Jared Monaco for creating original music for The First Degree and doing all of our sound design. Our producing team, Caitlin Cleveland, Taylor Rogers, and Alan Santiago for Podcast One. Sources for today's episode include The Philly Voice, Vice, Philly Mag, 
NBC, Philadelphia, The Atlantic, CBS Local. And as always, our first degree guest is always our largest source. Bye. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Well, welcome to yet another episode of Killing Time. Now, that was a crazy, um, not like us episode, which I love. And I think that we needed to incorporate more episodes like this into the podcast. What do we think? I agree. And I also think despite the semi-lightheartedness in this particular case, no one's life was lost. I do think an emphasis on these kinds of cases need to be had because it's preventative. And we saw with this perpetrator, he had gotten in trouble several times. He kept getting his charges dismissed. He kept pleading down to lesser charges and he kept doing reoffending. So right. I think that's something we need to just look at in general where it's like, of course he keeps going. Of course he keeps traumatizing more people. He's not, he's getting a slap on the wrist. It's deviant behavior. It need, they need to keep a better watch on these criminals because while Paul Hole said in this case, if he hasn't entered someone's home, he's less likely to escalate to violence. Well, some will, you know, some will. So I just think we see this all the time where it's like these people who do way more serious crimes eventually have slipped through the cracks several times prior. So we needed to keep an eye on these guys and call them out publicly, which is what we did. Because they're infringing on other people's freedom is at the end of the day, that is what they're doing. And it's, 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 and then it goes beyond that into into the trauma that they're doing. And then it goes beyond that, like Lex was saying, with preventative and because they might escalate into something. Is there usually, is there any sort of a timeline for escalation in situations? I mean, because things like this do escalate for a lot of people. Like, is there a general, like usually they start with this kind of a thing and it, you know, for a few years, or is it just completely different with every perpetrator? Completely different. Like that's the thing. Some like adult, they have like experiment in adolescence. Sometimes you hear, okay, yeah, as a teen, they exhibited this red flag or that red flag. But then you hear of people who just kill as adults who never did anything before, never broke a law. And they just one day, you know, act out some fantasy they had. So either way, I mean, this perpetrator, Christopher Pagano, he completely uh, tries to trivialize his behavior 
oh, I'm an, I'm an asshole, but that's not criminal. It is criminal. And mm-hmm. you're totally disregarding what you do to these women and how it, it infiltrates the rest of their lives. Like the lens yeah. they see the world through after what you do to them. And they're probably afraid to walk alone at night. Like that's not okay. You can't just do that and say you're, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And just brush something off that like literally a sexual assault is being like, I'm just an asshole. It's like, that is the worst excuse and justification I've heard for literally anything. And what you say about it, literally what you say about it, literally being sexual assault, though, that's the problem where it's, it's not according to the law. That's why he gets charged with like harassment or lewd acts or whatever. But the impact is depending on how susceptible you are to this kind of experience, it could traumatize you all the same. You know, so he's just slipping by on loopholes and plea deals and nothing's working. Prosecuting County, Philadelphia District Attorney's Office. He actually, he, it's not working. Do something else <laughs> because he's done this now on the record. Please. He had, you know, 2006. We know he did it to Kelsey in 2008. Then on the record, 2009. Then four charges between... 2014 in 2000. Then again, he had a, a, another one in 2018. So it's like, it's not working. He keeps doing it. He doesn't fucking no. respect the law. You're not punishing him hard enough. Do something else. Try something else. Fucker. Well, yeah. and then also think about the fact that like, there's gotta be, I mean, I've been, ex- men have exposed themselves to me dozens of times on the street, kind of like that. And you know, it's never been reported. So I can't imagine how many times he's actually done that too unsuspecting women just on the reg oh yeah this has happened to me in hollywood three times oh yeah and it's just Um, like it's just like a a normal every day in hollywood yeah i I will say hats off to the reporter because the reporter who um interviewed him after the court hearing brian you know being a jack being a jackass and doing inappropriate behavior is not criminal he stated last week with the whole thing in the car my genitals were partially covered and then and then the reporter put in parentheses, buy the cheese. Oh, my God. <laughs> but when the media got a hold of it, they turned it into something, you know, and it was just like, that was just a brilliant use of parenthetical, buy the cheese. Um, I might have put, I might have done, did I do that? Or was that in the article? It I, been- I actually, no, I was in the article. I saw okay. that uh, when, I, when I read the article too. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound okay. like an Alexis thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I would do that. Uh, the little yeah, sassy no, insert. I do think it is nice to have a crime where someone has not lost their life. That is a relief. Yeah. Well, and do we want to talk about how this kind of came to be into being introduced as an episode? Yes. Yeah. Cause then this might, this might inspire other people to write us for, you know, different types of an episode. Yes. So after, I think it was two weeks ago, one of our days that Billy introduced at the top of one of our episodes was it was national cheese day. So Kelsey, who you just met as our first degree guest in our main episode, emailed us saying, National Cheese Day got me thinking. Like, I was connected to this wild case. And we do want to remind you guys that you don't have to be – all of these cases are worth exploring, big or small. And no one's experience is is trivial or or inconsequential. And we do like these – kinds of cases as an opportunity to talk about different facets of either the criminal justice system or psychology or, or whatever. Again, Jack says it all the time. No case is too big or too small. 
Yeah. And I love I love the fact that the day has actually produced a an idea for an episode. I know. There's and the the days are always very strange. So I'm sure that yes. people have connections to random things that we have and talked about that have never thought it was worth mentioning, but th- it is worth mentioning because it also might leave, lead to a bigger conversation about something that you didn't even, you know, know that it would be. So I think that, and it's interesting. It's like a nice, it's a nice break in the normal routine that we do. And I, I really enjoy doing something that's a little bit different. Me too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have um like a little bit of a cheese related killing time. Are you guys oh, ready? Yeah. Yes. So do we want do you want to start with fun cheese facts that I have or should we do a cheese Q&A? That's hard. I would like you to know your facts cuz we sometimes go off on tangents with your Q&A with Q&As and I want to get to the facts for sure. Okay. So there's I was doing some research and I found some very interesting cheese facts, okay? Here for it. So the first is just the history of cheese that I think is like good to know while we're kind of when you're going through this episode. And it says cheese was created over 4,000 years ago by accident, which is crazy because if they never did this, we wouldn't have cheese. And that wow. is a travesty. So Hypothetical it says travesty, amazingly, yes, yes amazingly one amazingly one of our favorite foods might have never been discovered if it weren't for a mistake legend has it that the first cheese was created accidentally by storing milk in a container lined with an animal's stomach which sounds disgusting an an enzyme from the stomach caused the milk to separate into liquid which is whey and solids which is curd the curd is the cheese so that is how Mm. cheese was made animal Mm -hmm. intestines in a jar delicious sickening um (sighs) Now I have a question for you guys. What country do you think consumes the most cheese in the world? America. Per capita? Just in just in general. Oh, okay. America or France or Mexico? I would say France. Greece. Mm. Greece consumes mm. the most cheese every year, and three-fourths of it is feta cheese. Wow. Mm. I don't even like feta. I mean, it's okay, but it's, it's not, I'm not a huge it's not fan. My, I don't consider it part of the cheese family. When I think of cheese, feta's well, that's blasphemy. What Greek family would you consider that. feta in? That is <laughs> literally cheese. <laughs> By definition, it is cheese. Yeah, um, but if I was if I was to walk if I was to wake up after you know a, 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 a twenty year nap and be like, you know what I want? I want some cheese. Feta would not be anywhere no. on my mind. I'd be no. going Greek. It might be cheese and biting it like an apple. Apparently, a lot of people like feta, you know, and you're not one you're of them. Greek, Billy. It's exactly what you'd want. I see. I'm Greek, and I don't. I mean, I don't love a feta. I'm um, Greek, and I don't love a feta either. But if we were from Greece, we might be singing a different tune. If I was living in Greece and having authentic Greek food every day, that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, another fun fact is mice don't like cheese. That is just what? That's fake. wild. Yeah, they said it says they prefer sweets and carbs. No cheese. They would oh not my. eat a little block of cheese. Where did um, this come from? Where did that, yeah, that come from? Projection and cartoons come from then. I don't know. That is interesting that I'd want to do a deep dive into it. Um no cheese is naturally orange. Cheese contains anything anything cheese which contains anything other than a pale yellow or white has been artificially co- colored to make it seem um, more expensive back in the day, I guess orange darker cheese seemed expensive. 
Fascinating. So we're nice not surprised because why would it be orange? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe from like a fermentation or something like that. I don't know. Mm, Good to know. Yeah. So those are my cheese facts. Now I have a cheese Q and I'm ready for that. And I would like, I would like to know what your favorite cheese dish is. This is not like a cheese platter. What is something that you cook that contains cheese that is your favorite indulgent go-to meal? I have four. Okay. <laughs> Quesadilla. Mm. Macaroni and cheese. Mm. Um, three cheese tortellini or of some sort. Yes. And then grilled cheese. And then pizza. Five. Mozzarella sticks, all, six. all great. Nacho <laughs> seven. N- nachos. Okay, I stop. Nachos. Okay. There's truly nothing out there that is made with cheese that's bad. I can't think of a bad cheese meal. What's it? What's no. a go-to cheese meal for you, Billy? I would say definitely. I do love a really, really gooey grilled cheese sandwich, mm-hmm. and then maybe put a little like barbecue in there as well. Barbecue, barbecue sauce. Yeah. Sauce. Yeah, no, no barbecue like. <laughs> like, like a pulled, like a pulled brisket, pulled pork or type of thing, or brisket mean, or something like you mean that. Mean meat yeah. in it, yeah. <laughs> like barbecue, yeah, barbecue meats, yeah. Just yeah, meat. and then, like a- um, and then, uh, uh, let's see. I would say probably, yeah, just you know, a really, really cheesy pizza. I like my pizza very, very cheesy. Mm. I agree with. I agree with all the following, but one of my favorite things in the entire world is a French onion soup. Oh, good call. Mm. I also just love queso, which is just cheese on its own dipped with, that you dip chips in. That's yeah. probably my I mean, favorite meal of 2020, actually. Queso? I had queso so Hell many yeah. times. It was like the comfort food of the year. Um, okay. What are – and we've – so we had the debate of uh, Cheez-Its versus Goldfish the other week. But do we have any other favorite cheese snacks? And I can go first if you guys need a second to think about it. Deep fried yeah. string cheeses piled up with mozzarella with, with marinara sauce i was thinking like a like a grab and go cheese like i was gonna say pirate's booty which alexis bought me the biggest bag of pirate's booty when we were in new york city that is one of those snacks that you truly cannot stop eating i know because it's so light i, I stand by i stand by cheese it's cheese it's are my all-time favorite billy any other cheese snacks for the listeners Let's see. You know what? I, I'm I'm going to go out uh, and say something a little bit controversial. I would say those, uh, what are they, the Auntie Annie's bunnies? I actually like better Ew. than goldfish. No. Yeah. Dislike. They're more denser. Mm. Those, so you can't say no. more denser. It's more dense. <laughs> <laughs> They're more You're denser. You're a writer. I am. Is denser a word? Like denser, funner, denser is a word. More is a word. Using them you together can't say is not. more denser. Yeah. <laughs> no, no more denser. It's more better. More better. No. Um, no. More better is now, not real either. Oh, really? <sighs> Billy, I feel like we're smarter than this. <laughs> okay, last question before we before we say goodbye. Um, what do you guys have any weird cheese combination? foods because one of my favorites is a hot cheeto dipped in cream cheese and have you guys tried that no no flaming hot cheeto dipped in cream cheese if you have not had it it is game-changing mind-blowing incredible 
No, but this brings me back to my um the sushi combination I was making at the beginning of quarantine, which was a deli meat with a spread of cream cheese all over it, right? Then you yep. roll a pickle up in it like a little burrito yes. and then you cut it and make little sushi bites. That's the best, most unexpected cheese delight that I've ever experienced. And then obviously a cheesy hot pocket or lean pocket if you're on a diet. Oh, well, of course. But those, I mean, <laughs> I feel like honestly the sushi that you um, – have talked about so much has kind of become the mascot of the first degree. We're yeah. still getting posts in our Facebook group about that sushi roll up. I'm waiting for somebody to create a animated uh, uh, cartoon character of this, this pickle sushi. So good. For, for when we open our re- first, the first degree restaurant. Well, I was going to say when we end up doing our first live show one day, when we can ever do a live show, we need to have it catered. And by catered, I mean, we need to have one app- appetizer and it's that. It's just tray pass, or and it's a little McNuggets on a stick. Like it's mm-hmm. McDonald's McNuggets on a stick. It's in its little uh, pickle sushis. Yeah, we'll think of some other really on brand snack hot pockets. Obviously, hot pockets like cubed up. One little, little mini stick, hot pocket, little cube. Yeah, it'll be so good. Oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. <sighs> well, I think we killed enough time. Fifteen fifty three. Beep, beep, beep. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.